Welcome to the Forward Minds Podcast. I'm your host, Joy Asfar. Join me every month as we meet entrepreneurs and innovators who are propelling change in the world of sustainability. Listen to their stories and discover how they are shaping a new lifestyle. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us today on the Forward Minds. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So sustainable travel has been the topic of conversation for years. And while we've all become much more aware of how we can travel more sustainably, for example, offsetting carbon emissions, totally sustainable travel feels like a very daunting task. And this is where regenerative travel enters. What if all of our travel could leave a place a little bit better off than when we arrived? You're the expert on regenerative travel. Can you tell us what's the difference between regenerative travel and sustainable travel? Of course. And this question we get asked a lot, and especially looking at you know where we are right now today with COP26 just kicking off in Glasgow in Scotland. I think we're all really coming to the realization that we have to do things differently. And you know, sustainability is really no longer enough. From a very simplistic standpoint, We like to say that being green is about doing less damage. Sustainability is reaching this net neutrality, but regeneration is actually, you know, making a place better. And in order for us to move from sustainability to regeneration, you really have to have a whole systems approach that creates abundance for everyone that's involved, all the stakeholders that are on the land, for example, the people, the community, the wildlife, and especially, you know, the the whole entire ecosystem. And we really believe that, you know, travel can be this cultural exchange, people to people where we travel to discover a new place by interacting with locals. But, you know, in the past years, especially pre-COVID, much of the travel industry has been disconnected to people in place. And redundant travel really brings back this framework that is non-extractive, inclusive, more diverse and equitable, moving away from the predictable and becoming more engaged with local community and ecosystem. Um, we really believe that this regenerative travel mindset is, you know, first and foremost starts with your intentions and your own state of mind and everything you do from there, how you plan your trip, how you travel during your trip, whether you take the train, the bus, or you know, if you're flying there, you know, the hotels you choose, the places you eat, um, the suppliers and tours you do, it really comes back to your intentionality and how you want to experience a destination. I love what you're saying about it all comes back to your intention at the beginning. You're basically, you know, we have to be involved in every step of the way in making our trip regenerative and we have to be aware of what we're doing at every step of the way. So that's really interesting. And it's very inspiring, especially for the travelers, because you give them some importance in the process of traveling. They have to make choices and each choice matters, in other words. Exactly. And and our company specifically is really focusing on the hotels and how hotels can be this destination for transformation and for enabling people to have that, you know, moment during their travel where they're completely just immersed in nature, connected to people and, you know, really, you know, be able to have that transformative moment. I think we've all had those moments in travel where we're just in awe and just struck by the beauty of a place, you know, this interaction with the local that just, you know, can really make your day. Um, You know, so it's those really small moments, I think, during travel that really can be transformative for you to have this experience that you take home with you and that can forever shift 
you know, your internal landscape of how you interact with the world. I think regeneration for us really is not just when you travel. It's not just when you're at home. It's every day and how you interact with the world. Absolutely. So to focus on your company, Regenerative Travel, it's a booking platform that markets hotels and resorts that embrace the concept of regenerative travel fully. Can you tell us how it all started, the beginning of your career and a bit more about yourself? Absolutely. So my career actually started as a travel journalist and editor. I had a travel magazine and a lifestyle magazine um, that also had a creative agency in New York, you know, probably since over six, seven years ago. And I was really immersed, you know, in looking for stories that were focused on sustainable travel. I ended up meeting my business partner who owns a hotel in Mexico called Playa Viva. And Playa Viva was, you know, is really the founding member hotel for gender resorts. And they really set out to be this ecosystem for regeneration in the destination that they were in Mexico. And that was really, for me, the transformation point where I first you know, experienced this type of travel firsthand. Um, and that really planted the seed for me to continue on and really search for more stories that were you know, more meaningful and purposeful in terms of you know, really showcasing what regeneration can be. Um, I ended up doing a documentary in Kenya on anti-poaching rangers and having the opportunity to travel to Antarctica on an expedition cruise documenting polar change in the climate regions. Uh, sorry, in, yeah, in, 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 you know, in the South. And I really realized that I really wanted to dedicate my career to really focusing on activism and really telling more meaningful stories. Um, I ended up coming together with my business partner several years later to form regenerative travel as a company because we realized that it was really hard for consumers to find hotels that are, you know, values aligned, boutique, independently owned, and really doing the work. If you go on a normal online travel agency like Booking.com, Expedia, these search engines, it's really hard to sift through and understand, you know, what who is greenwashing, who is doing sustainability or regenerative work, who is actually giving back to the local community. And we really want to create a collection of properties that were outstanding in not only, you know, regeneration, but also, you know, meeting a certain level of design, service, and eco-luxury. And we really saw that opportunity almost three years ago now. And yeah, we've developed this hotel collection and we really help all of our properties make more meaningful impact and reach more consumers. Amazing. And what does it mean when you pick a resort or a hotel? What does it mean to be a regenerative resort? How do you vet hotels from your portfolio? Of course. And so all of our hotels meet a minimum criteria to be a full member. Um, they have to fill out a, a very detailed self-assessment that looks at 29 metrics. We actually make all of our properties submit data collection. So we look at points looking at environmental and social impact, everything from waste water and energy, and also on the social side, distribution, education, and inclusion. Um, so this is looking at, does your property avoid single-use plastic? You know, what is your supply chain? Do you provide um, opportunity for your employees on an economic and professional level? You know, how do you assess your supply chain? What are employee benefits? You know, are you actively communicating your your sustainability values. Um, it really looks at how also you constructed the property. So, you know, did you use all local materials? Does the property honor, you know, the local culture and sense of place in terms of its design? So we have a, you know, very thorough criteria and we all, we vet the properties based on where they are along their journey. 
We really believe that regeneration starts, you know, like I said, starts from the mindset. And this really comes back to the owners of all of our properties since they're independently owned hotels. They have, you know, independently owners and the owners that we work with are usually very involved. They either live on site, are very, you know, integrated in the operations. And we really believe that if the owners care about these values that really permeates throughout the whole operation. So it's really important for us to engage with management, the ownership, and ensure that everything they do with the property is driving back to give opportunities to the community and regenerating the environment. Okay, that makes sense. And in, in another way, do you work in the other way, meaning that do you basically, if you pick a hotel and then you realize that they don't fit all the criteria, do you work maybe hand in hand with them for them or you tell them where they need to focus for them to be part of uh, your portfolio in in one year or two years after they've after they've cleared those important criterias, for example. Um, no, so we wouldn't accept a hotel that doesn't meet the full criteria. We are working on a program now where we do want to help properties that don't meet the full criteria get there. But at the moment, we are primarily really looking for hotels that really meet these. On minimum standards that we look for. And also what's really important for us moving forward is, is this, you know, data collection. I think there's a lot of greenwashing in the hospitality industry, you know, ever since sustainability has come to the forefront, many hotels are using it saying they're eco, green, sustainable, but what does that really mean? For us, we really want to ensure and hold our hotels accountable by making sure that they're measuring exactly how they're creating impact. Um, so the metrics are really important for us. And It's a way for us to ensure that all the hotels are doing, you know, what they're saying they're doing, but also create more transparency, not only to our clients and travelers, but also the industry to really set that standard. Yeah, that's interesting because I was going to talk to you about the industry itself. I mean, how well known do you think the concept of regenerative travel is in this industry at the moment? Do you think we're getting there? Do you think the industry is moving towards it in a in a quick manner? Or do you think we're very slow still? I think. You know, for us, COVID has definitely been, you know, there's definitely been a silver lining from COVID. I think during the pandemic and also as we're navigating it still, it's really created the conditions for, you know, the industry to really be quite, you know, very receptive and positive around this concept because we really realized that, you know, from a simple language standpoint, you know, sustaining is not enough. Sustainability and just sustaining the status quo is really not going to protect our planet for future generations. We have to move towards regeneration. And I think we've been you know, very active in publishing you know, many resources. We've held a summit. We just did a trade show and industry forum to really help create the platform and at least have these conversations about how the industry needs to change. But we're also seeing you know, many other destinations such as Hawaii and New Zealand adopt regenerative recovery strategies that they're implementing on a destination level to really engage not only just from the hotelier's perspective, but also on the destination management on how a destination can implement re regenerative strategies in terms of how they are accepting tourists and opening up again. So we're really seeing, you know, a positive response around how, you know, how you can be regenerative. I think we definitely have a long way to go for, you know, many, I think many to truly understand what it means, but I think you just have to start and start to learn, start to ask questions, start to challenge how things have been done normally and how, you know, we can really come back to, you know, be as local as possible. I think that's, that's really where we have to start. 
So you were mentioning, um, the, you know, there's the industry level, but there's also the countries that are doing implementing new rules, new laws. Do you think countries and government have an important role to play in regenerative travel? Absolutely. I mean, that's really the truly, that's really how we're going to see, we're really going to see that change. I think Hawaii is a great example, you know, pre-COVID, you know, they were just overrun with so much over tourism, you know, uh, the the prices to stay as a local resident are just, you know, astronomical for them to just be living on a day-to-day basis because, you know, the land and just cost of living has gotten so high. So, you know, Hawaii during COVID, when they reopened, they adopted a regenerative recovery model called Malama, um, which really incentivized tourists and travelers coming in to give back and to be more engaged from a local standpoint. And if they gave back and did certain activities or participated in this program, they would get incentives as a traveler. So I think that's definitely something, you know, that we're hopefully seeing more of. I definitely need to start from a governmental level, from the leadership, because that's really where, you know, it's not enough for just one hotel to be regenerative. We want to see a whole destination, a whole city be regenerative and how they're operating. Um, so it's really, it really needs to start from the top. Yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. And I think some, as you mentioned, some countries are doing some really good work in some cities as well. Do you think, you know, we've seen recently a lot of, as you said, you know, eco-friendly travel, eco-friendly resorts. Do you think that the perception of eco-friendly travel has changed uh, in the recent years? At the time, you know, when we, like maybe 10 years ago, eco-traveling probably was synonym of you know, very like basic huts and uh, not much luxury. And now do you believe that it has changed and the perception of travelers has changed as well in terms of eco-travel? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely can see that. You know, I think many people have associated eco-sustainable travel to something that's not luxurious and something that's not designed forward and luxury forward. I definitely think that's changing. I think also during covid I think the concept and definition of luxury has really changed. I think, you know, luxury now is being able to disconnect, you know, being truly immersed in nature without your phone, having those really intimate moments with the community and also, you know, being in a destination. I think that's, I think that's what people are now prioritizing over, you know, like five-star resorts or having these amenities. I think it's really shifted to be more experience-led Um, And that's really where we focus on with regenerative travel is really focusing in on, you know, what are the transformative experiences you can have in a place? Um, And I think that's definitely what we're seeing, at least from conscious travelers and what they want to prioritize when they travel is really, is really not, you know, looking at the room, at the bedroom, what kind of amenities you can get, but, you know, what can you actually do? I think that's really shifted during COVID. I think people have now you know, really prioritize just, you know, getting outside, being in nature, you know, going for a walk. And I think that's definitely shifted as you, as you look to travel again. I guess being in the moment, that's what we've all learned. Simply being in the moment and being off your phone. I think that's, I mean, for me, that's the biggest luxury as well is just being disconnected. You know, I think, I think everyone's values have really, you know, hopefully, I think I, we hope that people's values have changed and, People are really using this opportunity to reprioritize what they want in life and how they're conducting themselves in terms of how they're purchasing, you know, supporting local, you know, local designers, local suppliers. And I think what we're hopefully seeing is, you know, I think as you can make those daily decisions at your home, you know, you can shop local, 
support local. You can also do that when you travel. And so I think that's our responsibility as a company is to make it easier for people to make those choices when you travel. I think people don't necessarily know how to or think that it's easy because you have to do a lot of research. You have to dig and find these hotels. You have to, you know, do a lot of cross-checking on Google, TripAdvisor, etc. So we really hope to make it easier for people to make these decisions when they're not at home, but also on the road. Yeah, I believe it's very, it's essential that you make it easy because I think that people after the pandemic have been, you know, wanting to do better. But as you say, it's very hard, especially when it comes to travel. And so a website like a company like yours gives them the place to research with trust and they know where they're going. They understand that they have a label of trust of registered travel and that you're picking and vetting the hotel. So that's a great way for them to be able to move forward in that you know, regenerative space, basically. So to focus a bit more on your personal experience, I believe you probably have visited a lot of the hotels that you have in your portfolio. Which one do you think you had the most surprising experience in? Oh, there's, uh, I definitely haven't been to all of them, but I've definitely been to a few. I think one of the most recent ones that I really really loved. I was actually over the summer, I had the opportunity to go to Italy and ended up going to one of our newer properties, Oasis Hotel, which is in Northern Tuscany. And the hotel was actually born to conserve the biodiversity of the area. So it's actually affiliated with WWF. They're creating a forest fund that's used for the active protection of the Italian woodlands. They have an amazing program that also supports local school children that are disabled. But also, I think what I really loved about my experience there was the whole, you know, farm to table experience with, you know, experiencing the food and just, you know, really immersing in in a true Italian countryside. Like I got to also make cheese. That sounds like a dream. <laughs> pretty amazing. I was like, you know, I think when people normally think of Italy, you know, they think of Rome or you think of Amalfi or, you know, your typical, just, you know, I don't think you really think of Italian woodlands and, and wolves. Um, they have wolves up there where they are. Um, but you can have a totally different experience when you're just, you know, really getting to the countryside and really seeing what local Italians in Tuscany are doing. So I, I really loved that because it was just so different than I think my typical associations with Italy. And I think many people will not even really know that's that's an opportunity, um, especially Americans that are going to Italy for the first time. You know, they want to do their big bucket list trip and, you know, probably going to Tuscany, you know, to this, to this Italian woodland is not something that they would really think about. But we really want to change people's perspective on what a traditional holiday to these bucket list destinations can be, because that's really what redundant travel is. It's, it's, you know, maybe you're doing, you know, destination that you really want to do, but it's, how can you do it a little differently? Can you take, how, how are you getting there? Can you take the train to get around? Can you go during off season? Can you go tour? Can you go in a time where it's less, you know, less traffic? So we're really trying to steer people away to go to these more remote, you know, less known places, because that's really where we want to see, you know, this, the benefits of, of tourism to really boost, you know, invigorate these communities. Um, so I think that's probably, you know, that's been my most recent one, but I've also, you know, an example I love to talk about is, is Fogel Island Inn, which is in Newfoundland. I'm up in Canada. They're one of our, also one of our leader members, and, you know, Newfoundland, the island that it's on, Fogo Island, 
the island was, you know, thriving off cod fishing many years ago. And then they overfished the whole, you know, all the seas around the area and really decimated the whole industry. And as a result, the island, you know, was very poor. And, you know, many people were leaving because there was no opportunities. And, you know, one incredible lady, Zita Cobb, um, who's the founder of Fogo Island, and she's also a Fogo Islander, she's local. She, you know, ended up being really successful and ended up starting this hotel and really reinvigorated the whole island. And something that I love about what they do, um, especially at Fogo Island, is the way that they integrated the community into their experience. Um, so when I went there, you know, instead of having, you know, like a tour with the guide or you know, typical concierge, the way that you interact with the community is that just I got invited over by this fisherman and his wife and going to their house and they showed me how they used to fish, but they had some pie and some jam and some coffee at their house and they just got to hang with them for a day. And it's and they and they match every every visitor with a different family as their community host experience. And that's really, truly the most local way to experience. I love this idea. I've never heard it before. That's great. And just being able to sit down and, you know, just learn and exchange, you know, that's really what I think regenerative travel is. I mean, for, for me, but also how I want to travel is just have those interactions with locals. So I think the way that they've set that up is really is really unique and something that I haven't seen at any other property before, but it's, it's so simple, but, you know, really truly gets to the heart of being able to immerse yourself with, with the community. So their resort has managed to make the, the island grow in a sense, in a, in a general term. But the entire staff is all locals and they've really been able to give more economic opportunity to locals. All the furniture is made locally on the island. Now they have a whole arts program, Um, so they've really just been able to establish, you know, all those new opportunities through through the hotel. That's great. I would like to circle back to something that you've mentioned. It's the Regenerative Travel Summit, which is uh, in its second edition this year and took place like September. The theme was how we can harness travel to regenerate our world. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it and what was the idea behind the summit? Yeah, so the summit, thank you again for, for bringing this up. You know, it's in our second edition. You know, I'd be remiss to not mention the incredible team behind Redundant Travel that has put this on together and with, with me. And, you know, the intention behind the summit is really to, you know, to foster conversations with thought leaders that, you know, have very diverse perspectives on regeneration, not just in the travel industry, to understand how we can use these ideas and concepts to really be the change that we want to see. Um, so we really this year focused on more practical solutions that can move the industry forward. And we designed the days around regenerative principles. So we looked at honoring sense of place, whole systems thinking, um, and continual co-evolution. And those were the themes of each of the three days. We really, we also were able to have Stephen Satterfield, who's a host of on the Netflix show, High on the Hog. He talked about Yeah, you talked about, you know, regenerative agriculture, but also how we can understand humans and the world together through travel and food. We're really excited to have so many amazing speakers come on this year to really speak about what regeneration means to them. But for us, you know, this event is really a way for us to engage with not only travelers, but the broader industry, you know, just people that are interested in 
and just joining this journey. I think there's so much that still, you know, really needs to be, you know, shared about how to develop your regenerative mindset. And for us, the summit is really a way just to be able to bring, you know, these thought leaders together to inspire people to, you know, to really understand how the travel industry can be a catalyst for generating you know, economic, social, and environmental wealth to be this change that we want to see in the industry. To have a regenerative industry as an umbrella and then have agriculture, travel, you know, probably fashion, different different areas and travel and, you know, and work hand in hand together because I guess it's the beginning and collaboration is, you know, really important in that space. Exactly. And I think what's, you know, what's so incredible about travel is it touches so many different facets of just areas of, you know, conservation, looking at oceans, regenerative agriculture, as you say, fashion, food, there's so much that travel can touch. And we really believe that travel can be that gateway to have these other conversations. And that's why we did the summit. You know, that's our goal with the summit is really to curate all of these different thought leaders, but also concepts together to really, you know, show that it's a very holistic approach that we are trying to take and that one needs to take in general um, and how they approach starting this journey. So we're waiting for the third one next year then, though. <laughs> we are. We're hoping to do it in person. I think everyone's a bit <laughs> Zoomed. That's up. great. So yeah, we're, we're working on that. It probably might be a hybrid event, but yeah, we'll keep you posted on that. Amazing. That's great. And so in terms of regenerative travel, the company, your company, what are your next steps? What are you looking into? Obviously, you don't have to divulge everything, but maybe some of your next ideas. We just held last week, actually, our first trade show and industry forum. Um, so this was actually a really exciting event for us as, you know, the summit was focused more on travelers. The industry forum and the trade show was really specific just to the travel industry. So we really targeted travel agents, tour operators, destination management companies and hotels with the forum to really, you know, deep dive more into the nitty gritty of how the industry really needs to change. So for us, we're actually launching a travel membership. Um, so the travel membership will give you access to hours of content from the summit, from the last summits. We also have held a webinar series that will give you access to and also, and you also get a travel consultation with one of our regenerative travel designers. That's really exciting. And then we'll also further along in early 2022, we're launching a membership for um, the industry. So we really believe that, you know, one of our core strengths and what we can offer in terms of being a platform is really curating this education, not only for travelers, but for industry and everyone that's looking to engage with, you know, this concept of regeneration and really want to give people the tools and empower them to start. I think that's really what we really want is to people just to start this journey, start asking questions, start trying to understand what they can do. And we really believe that we can, you know, we can help be the catalyst for that. Absolutely. And actually, that takes me to my last question, which is always um, asking one of you, the as your expert in your field, to give us an advice and the listeners an advice on how to. And in this case is what does it mean to be a regenerative traveler? And as you were mentioning before, how can we just start? What are the first steps that we should take? I think it really comes back, really comes back to mindfulness. I think it's you know, it's like, what kind of person do you want to be? Like, what impact do you want to make on the world? And how can you make that change in your daily life? It doesn't have to be a really drastic change. It can be something as small as, you know, just trying to engage more with, you know, the person that's at the coffee shop or, you know, trying to explore more in your local neighborhood and just try to get out of this 
the certain mentality that you have in terms of how you're operating. I think, I think for me, everything, you know, the redemptive mindset really starts at home. It really starts within yourself as well and how you are interacting with, you know, people, with your place, with your environment. And it really comes back to how you can, you know, be a more mindful person, um, something I'm definitely working on every day and how you can make these decisions when you're abroad as well and making, you know, how you're being as a traveler. Um, so I think for me, it really comes back to mindfulness, being more open, receptive and coming back to the, that intentionality. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this advice. I mean, I think what I, I, I mean, I obviously enjoyed the whole conversation, but I'll keep definitely the traveling retention and also what you just mentioned about how you are as a traveler when you are abroad. I think that also is a very important point because we maybe are more conscious when we plan our trip, but it's also very important to be conscious while we are traveling. And I think that's something that we should all focus on as well. So uh, thank you very much for being on, on the Foreign Minds, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much. See you soon. Thank you. Bye.